Hey friend, ready or not, here we go. I am going to jump right in today. If you are anything like me, when I was finally willing to start looking for help to get out of my affair, I just needed to hear people say, I have that story too. Because my brain would say, you mean I'm not alone? I'm not the only person on the planet who did this. And each person I talked to was like another layer of healing balm to my soul. And I thank God for the many conversations that I had. And it's funny because during my really intense recovery season, I was praying desperately for God to provide financially for my family. And God kept providing people. And I couldn't see that at first, but my coach pointed it out to me, and I am so grateful for that now. So today, I want to share my story in hopes of telling you, you are not alone in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your shame and your confusion. You aren't alone, and there is hope. Oh, sister, there is hope for a brighter tomorrow to feel peace and whole and true. So here is my story, and I pray that God gets the glory and that it blesses you at the deepest level. Hey, Mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope, only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom. I kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. Friend, I'm going to tell you right now that the crux of my story, the climax if you will, It kind of comes in two parts, but both of those parts are surrounded with people. I can give you names and I can picture faces of women who drastically impacted my life because they took time to talk to me and listen to me and just care about me and where I was. And so sister, I just want to encourage you right now. That is my goal. Fast forward through the story. What am I doing today? I am here to walk with women out of their affair, out of their infidelity, with the confusion and all just the emotional mess and them saying, how in the world do I begin to fix my life and fix my marriage? And my biggest desire is just to walk with women through that. And so one way that I can do that, yes, through the podcast, you are listening and you're soaking it in. And I so appreciate that. But another way is that I show up on a Facebook community and I use that word community on purpose because my goal, like I said before, 
is to tell you that you are not alone. And it's when we can be together, when we can share our stories and our reality, that's when we know we're not alone and there is hope and there is freedom and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And so I'm going to link that Facebook community here in the show notes. Um, It's facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity. And I would love to see you over there so that I can get to know you, you can get to know me, and I would love, again, to walk with you through this season. You cannot do it alone. And I would be so honored to be the one that could pray for you and encourage you in the hardest season of your life. Now, I'm going to think of this kind of like a beginning and a middle and an end and then a new beginning. And the reason that I have to chunk it in those sections is because my story actually covers a span of about seven years from start to finish. Isn't that crazy? So I want to break this down and summarize what happened in each of the different seasons. So in the very, very, very beginning, honestly, I tried to block a lot of this out of my mind. But from what I can remember, everything started in a crazy season of marriage, um, just a few years after getting married. We were in a really tight spot financially, and so we were both basically working a job and a half. Like, we both had a full-time job, and then we also had something we did part-time on the side. And so my husband and I didn't have a lot of time to see each other. And on top of that, we also suffered from two miscarriages in about a year's time. So when I tell you things were crazy, I mean crazy. And looking back now after, especially the second miscarriage, I can say that I struggled with depression and I didn't realize it. It's so crazy to me. I just didn't realize it, that my hormones were so out of whack because of what my body had gone through. So I was teaching full time. And then on the weekends, I worked a waitressing job. And I have to tell you, it was at the most secular, dark place I've ever been in my life. It's crazy because I often worked with these other two guys um, and they would ask me things like, how do you know your husband is still at home and being faithful? You're here at work. He's probably out somewhere else. They knew that I was a Christian and they saw my wedding ring, but they really challenged who I was and what I believed in. And it really rocked my world. I didn't waver in my belief in God and Christianity, but I wasn't growing and I wasn't being encouraged in godly things during that time. Again, I was struggling with depression that I didn't know about, but I could only describe it to other people like I was in a season of feeling out of character. I wanted desperately to ask friends for help, but I didn't know what I needed or what to ask for. And I felt, I described it to people, like I was standing in the eye of a tornado with everything else just spinning around me. I was so out of character. And I remember craving some sort of like adrenaline or dopamine hit. I just wanted to feel something. I wanted to do something that would cause me to feel anything because I was just so numb. 
And so, through a series of unfortunate events and stupid choices, I eventually met this affair partner during this season. And there was friendship for sure, but we were total opposites. And I remember I used my innocent, naive personality to my advantage in this friendship. And I found myself in places I never imagined, with people I never should have been around, in situations that I never imagined in my wildest dreams. It is crazy how sin draws you in. And I'm going to tell you right now, I will probably not make it through the rest of this episode without choking back tears. So bear with me. This is my heart right here. So needless to say, even in all of the seven years, my conscience never left me alone. I can't even tell you the number of times I attempted to cut contact. And I swore that I was done. And every time something drew me back in. Most often, it was him needing help with something and me just wanting to help one more time. He lived in a world of homelessness, drugs, police warrants, and it is only by the grace of God that I escaped that fire unscathed. But I eventually learned the cycle of codependency, It was a really hard truth to learn that I wasn't helping. I was enabling. But in my twisted thinking, I just wanted to help out of the goodness of my heart. And to be totally honest, I was scared to death that if I just up and left without warning, that he would probably overdose and die and it would be all my fault. So again, there was a friendship And don't real friends help each other? And I'll add here, still at this point, not a single soul in my circle knew about him. So I was constantly back and forth trying to cut contact, but I kept trying to do it on my own. Every time he went to jail, I swore I wouldn't answer the phone. Every time he went to rehab, I swore I'd disappear before he got out. Every time he went dark because he lost the place he was staying, I swore I wouldn't let him contact me. And every time, I broke my promise to myself. Until he got well enough to get his own house and a roommate, and the roommate had a girlfriend. And now up until now, I had purposely never gotten to know his friends. We were on an island for two and no one else in the world existed. But there came a time where things were going downhill fast and I was still living with this secret. And in a strange way, I needed somebody else to find out. And so eventually I figured out a way to contact this roommate's girlfriend. And guys, even though she's not a Christian, She was the angel that God used to pull me from the fire. She saw that he had relapsed again with drugs and was getting really bad. And she knew that I needed to get out. And she told me to run. And I asked if she was serious. Like, did I really have to? Do you you really mean run? You know, and she stood 
her ground. Now, at this point, I knew I could not cut contact by myself. So I asked her for accountability. And I literally laughed at a text message because she wanted me to cut contact for 30 days. And I responded, I was hoping to make it through like a week. (laughs) But she was a hairdresser. And she said if I could cut contact for a solid 30 days, she would give me a free haircut. And you better believe that was the motivation that I needed to actually try. I finally had a reason that was outside myself. And I would say right there started my very long road to recovery. Now, it took me longer than 30 days, but I eventually did 30 straight days. And that really cut the contact. And that's what I needed. But after that, something was still missing. There was still a void. I had not worked on my heart and what was going on inside of me. I knew that if I was taking a friendship out of my life, out of my thoughts, out of my emotions, I knew I needed something to fill that void. So at this time, I intentionally threw myself into business. I had a network marketing company on the side and I began learning from people outside of just my company. And it's actually funny to look at the timeline now because I was drinking through a fire hose for about a year and I loved it. So it was in January that I went through a group coaching program on how to market well. And then in March, I went through a business academy. And then in May, I went through another group coaching program. And in June, I went on my company's annual convention And then in July, I invested in a more personal business coach. And then in August, I took on uh, my internship for eight weeks that would wrap up my master's degree. And would you believe that through all of that, I was desperately wanting no contact and to move on, but I would still let a text come through every so often until my master's was finished in October. So remember, all this started in like January that I really, really started being intentional to cut contact. Finally, in October, my internship and my master's degree was finished. And so I let myself, it was my graduation present to myself where I let myself go to a business retreat that was down in Florida. And I went on this retreat to learn more business strategy. And I was pumped. I was so excited. I knew that I would be with two network marketing coaches. And I had also gotten to know a Christian neuroscience mindset coach. And so I knew they were the speakers and the hosts. And I was going to get to ask all of my questions. But within 20 minutes of me arriving at this beautiful beach house in Florida, my entire affair story came pouring out of me. I can still picture sitting at that kitchen table, pouring my heart out and wondering, where did all of this just come from? But deep down, I understood it perfectly. God had been preparing my heart And I was finally in a safe space. 
I knew I wouldn't be judged. And I knew that my life was halted until I could get out of this sin. And once you know it, God in his goodness had orchestrated this retreat so that I was the only paying client who was there for these coaches. So it was a business retreat, but God had his hand on that to say that it was a retreat for me to finally deal with the mess that I had made. So I knew that I had to get out of this sin, and I knew that like my integrity with myself had crumbled, and I just cried when I would read Psalm thirty-one twenty-five, she is, cl- I'm sorry, not Psalm, huh, Proverbs, Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of her future. And I would read that and I would think, but I feel weak and I have no dignity. I just want to get my dignity back. And I wasn't laughing at my future. Even though my husband didn't know anything at this time, I did not know where my marriage was headed. I was convinced that we were heading towards separation or divorce, and we were heading there quickly. But it was on that retreat that I finally found the real Jesus. I had known him all of my life. But it wasn't until then that the relationship finally sunk in. I finally experienced his love and his forgiveness and his freedom. Over that weekend, I was free to give answers to questions that didn't have to be the good girl church answers. I wasn't judged. I wasn't shamed. I was loved and I was cared about. And while they spoke truth to me, I knew that I couldn't keep living how I had been, and it was time for change. And they were willing to be my godly accountability, even to the point of baptizing me in the ocean at 9 a.m. on a Friday morning. I was drawing a literal line in the sand And there was no going back. Seven years and I was not going back. Obviously, with their permission, they held me accountable to confessing to my husband the night that I got back from the retreat. And I have not looked back since. Now, I know I could go into the next chapter the new beginnings and how everything is going now. But, you know, in a way, that's what this podcast is all about. The journey now. So I will leave you with three lessons specifically that I've learned so far about the next chapter. And the first thing is, if you are in the early stages of of your journey and your confession, the first six weeks after your husband's discovery, they are the absolute hardest. Week seven gets better and week eight is really the new beginning. But in the first six weeks, you really have to clear everything else off your plate if you want to fight for your marriage to survive. 
So I just want to put that out there. Six weeks, so hard. And then I promise that things will look up after that. Okay, second lesson I've learned. Stay in your own circle. You and your husband will grow at different speeds and in different ways. Now, yes, of course, be available to work on your marriage and rebuild trust and all of that. But have zero tolerance for the blame game. For you, you're not blaming him. And for him, he's not blaming you. Zero tolerance for the blame game. And be responsible for your own growth. No one else can do that for you. Okay, third lesson that I've learned so far. Deal with the emotions. The shame, the embarrassment, the anger, the loneliness, the fighter that's inside of you. Instead of being afraid of your emotions, welcome them and use them as flashlights to discover what the real issues actually are. Sister, you cannot do this alone. Take it from basically Superwoman who still got caught in sin's trap. You need help to get out. Accountability, support. You need a safe space and a judgment-free zone. So, I just want you to know you can reach out to me anytime. You can find me in the Facebook community and you can message me. I am praying for you. And I pray that after today, you can begin to experience Christ's love and that your roots will grow down deep into him. Please let me know how I can be of help. Let me know your name your story. I would love to be praying for you specifically. God bless. Hey mama, I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at christinajoycoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity, and laugh without fear of the future. If you're anything like me, when I was finally willing to start looking for help out of my affair, I just needed to hear people say, I have that story too. Because my brain would say, you mean I'm not alone?